Only a person who knows cheap food, cheap industrial food damages water, soil, and the human body. And a person hopeful about unity and the power of unity to transform systems. We are live. We welcome your calls. The live call-in number is 952-946-6205. And in studio with us is Greg Pavette. He's the founder of the Humanity Alliance. Humanity Alliance. So what's that? Yes. Good morning, Laura. Thank Hi. you for the opportunity. This Thank is, you. This uh, is really a special gift, so we're, I'm thankful to be here. Humanity Alliance is uh, very simple. We're building a very small bridge between disruptive innovation, innovation that changes the way we live in food, healthcare, and water, and we're connecting that with community-based organizations. So the organizations that are serving kind of the, the people in need, our most in need, our brothers and sisters most in need, and it's a very, very small bridge, but I think it's a really, really important bridge. I think so, too. And yet that sounds kind of complicated. I mean, so what do you mean by all that? So there's, there are companies right now innovating new products and services that we're using um, at, different, at different locations. So we call it top of the pyramid, bottom of the pyramid. So those companies typically are running to the top of the pyramid. And it's not a judgment. It's not a just the way things have been done. So mm -hmm. there may be new ideas, new innovation, but we're running to the largest retailer in the world. We're running to the largest company to get that company to adopt that. We're looking at the big market, what we're missing, and I think it's a beautiful thing. Uh, I've had the pleasure of, of kind of learning this over the years. We're missing the biggest need. And so the biggest need is within the entire pyramid, not just at the top. Right. And so I've heard some people talk about marketing to the quote-unquote bottom. I mean, I don't think there's anything like top or bottom people. Correct. But marketing to the quote-unquote bottom 80%. Other words, us. <laughs> Correct. It is the biggest market I've seen. I've been in this kind of innovation space for 29 years. And it's the biggest market I've seen just in Minneapolis-St. Paul alone, let alone scaling across across the uh, across the globe. Occasionally, I want to throw in some quotes from a book written in 1918, because sometimes when things are written 100 years ago, you kind of go, oh, and they stand the truth of time. So the new, the new democracy in the world depends upon you and me because there is no one else in the world but you and me. If I pledge my full self and you your full self, a new mortar voice will be uh, born in the world. That's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Love Isn't it. it sweet? Love it. And so this idea of unity is, and, and so this is Mary Parker Follett, and again, mm. she was writing in 1918. And so there were issues like um, child labor. And she said that the women who are working on those issues felt about those children experiencing child labor as if they were their own children. Yeah. And she talks about us being a community. Um, and it's not unity, not uniformity must be our aim. Uh, we attain unity only through variety. So its differences must be integrated. So it's not like unity it means we're all going to be one. In fact, it's just the opposite of that, correct? Or do yeah, you agree? I completely agree. Um, I think, uh, and, and if Tawana Black listens in, she'll have to forgive me for quoting her, but I think the the inclusion piece, uh, the diversity piece, um, Darren Dotson also doing some wonderful things. There's so many people doing some wonderful things in this inclusion space. Um, but we know, and you could look at Stanford, you could look at Harvard, you could look at all the results. We know that by having that diverse group, you'll rise up mm -hmm. better than if it was just one group. You know, they they refer to it as a John 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 group, and and I think Johns are great, <laughs> by the way. So no no offense to any of the no, Johns John, out John, there. John John Johns, yeah. But the having that in, inclusion, diversity, awareness, I think, is critical to it. Well, and the other thing that uh, Mary Parker Fuller was writing in 1918, and she was um, she was saying why some of the utopian um, movements failed was because they lacked nutrition. Mm. So you need to really have people that are coming at you from other perspectives, and so um, uh, so you mentioned Tawana Black. And you and I both went to this event this week that was fantastic. So yes. let's just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the social enterprise impact. Right. Yeah. That The energy in that room was amazing. Again, demonstrating the power of unity, to your, to your point. Yeah. Um, and the power of people coming together. I think we've got a lot of work to do. Anytime you head to those events and you have that kind of energy, it's the, all right, what do we do next, right? So how do we keep this moving? And I think there's a lot of uh, people refer to the ecosystem, but a lot of infrastructure we could be doing together 
to support that, but an amazing, amazing event. It, it is an amazing event. And now, um, I want to learn a little bit about you and your previous uh, work in private enterprise. So I was um, trained by big companies. That's how um, right out of school went to work for big companies, trained by big companies. It was a great experience, but I realized that um, there was something different, something more. And at that time, I was young enough not to understand what that meant, but I just said, something's different here. So I set out on a journey. Um, the most recent was a company called It's Fresh. We started from scratch. It was a technology that, I could, that extended the quality of fresh fruits and vegetables naturally. So we collaborated with Mother Nature as opposed to wrestler her to the ground. It, it always works a lot better. <laughs> and um, we were saving millions of pounds of fruit that was going through our grocery stores um, from saving being thrown away. millions of pounds of fruits and vegetables by working with nature right. instead of these other things. Okay. How did you do that? So simple. We had we were we were blessed to, to know a very very smart group of people. So um, there were smart people on the um, on the chemistry side, on the on the innovation side, and we knew the market side. So by having those two kind of come together, we were able to able to bring this technology forward. And, and you were a finalist in the Minnesota Cup a yeah, long time ago. Yeah, was back. What a great. There's another great organization local that is an a legitimate ecosystem in taking innovators and, and giving them the support to rise up. They just had an event, um, as an example, this week, which helped you with financial modeling. Things that you wouldn't necessarily, as an innovator, you wouldn't necessarily think about, or you may think about, but a lot later, and they're helping support that bring forward. So it was 07, it was maybe their second year doing it. Mm -hmm. And what was fun for us is we're still around, right? The company's still operating. I'm no longer um, there, it's, it was time for, as we say, our child to go off to school or, or, or whatever their next journey, part of the journey was. But um, yeah, the Minnesota Cup is still, still running and, and still very, very exciting to watch that grow. So you left It's Fresh, um, in, but what's, what's occurring right now with It's Fresh? What's, what's happening in 2019 with It's Fresh? They're kind of running their own path. I think they're finding their new way. Um, again, if you're not innovating, so you can innovate, but if you're not innovating again or disrupting yourself, I think you're going to lead yourself to uh, to um, a lot of opportunities. So I think they're looking for what's that next innovation to keep the entity alive and well and, and moving forward. They've got a lot of good financial background and support. So uh, and we actually, wish them the best. So, so we're live, and the live calling number is 952-946-6205. But basically, so if someone um, is just tuning in, so what Itfresh did is it had special liners on fruits and vegetables, and this is now used globally, which is how it's able to save millions of pounds of fruits and vegetables. And the technology has been brought up by large uh, – is taken up by large corporations like uh, Walmart and other groups. So that's Correct. that's how it's functioning right now. That's how it's functioning now, yes. Okay. So what you're doing on a personal level right now with Humanity Alliance, is you want to bring your same experience at manifesting that practical solution to problems to, like, I think we have some problems to deal with here. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, again, amazing, amazing problems, amazing opportunities. But I think they're simple. They're complex maybe in, in the background, in terms of the background, but they're very simple twists of the knob. This is between the level of eight and nine. It's not a huge, we need to you know, change the entire system. This is like, hey, if we introduce this within this environment, does that change that? Obviously, we want to measure, we want to pilot, we want to test everything, but I think we could be bringing a lot of this innovation forward. And the idea is, how do we serve more with more with this innovation? And I think that uh, is a really good rally, uh, especially using our quote from from uh, a century ago. That's a really good rally around unity. Around more with more, and you know, I, I want to say sometimes uh, when things are complex, I think we almost have to. Uh, all spiritual traditions emphasize humility. Mm. Life is complex. There's more living soil than humans that have ever lived on the planet. If you pick up one handful of soil, it's a very complex world, and we always want to reduce it. And this is what we're going to do. And somehow, just embracing that complexity. But you have um, what might feel like a pretty complex model to some people, but you're actually saying it's a really simple model about how we transform our economic system. Yes, and it starts with a step, 
step, single step, right? So we just need to take the first step. <laughs> that, it's that simple. It's that, okay, what's the All first right? step? <laughs> so, well, the first step is, is, is humility. So I think we need to listen. We need to listen to what's happening within the community. We need to understand where the gaps are. And then we need to see, are there connections of innovations or companies, early stage companies that are looking to get to market who haven't thought about these markets before? So we could use It's Fresh as an example. I think It's Fresh fits really, really well in our food bank system. Okay. So if we start to look at our food bank system, that's product, to, let's say in this situation, produce, fruits and vegetables that are on the last leg kind of in terms of the quality and they're moving through our system to serve people in need. Mm -hmm. How do we slow that down so that we could serve more with more? How do we reduce that waste that's happening within that system? Mm -hmm. So now we start to look at it more in a, in a very, I don't know, scientific kind of way, right? So what's the cost of throwing that away? What's the impact to the environment of growing it in Yuma, Arizona, shipping it all the way to Minneapolis, only to then to throw it away, to drive it out to Hutchinson, Minnesota to be so yeah, so let's, so what's happening right now is we're growing food in the desert. We're using up um, ancient waters. We're using up the soil. We're doing these chemicals that cause all this environmental stuff, and then we're driving it all across the country, and that's adding to climate change. And then it, it's going through these systems, and then we're throwing it away at the end. Is that's what's happening? That's a part. That's, that's a part. part. And that's where we think that's the opportunity is how can we measure changing that, and and and. Um, and change that, turn that around. And so how we can we change it in a self-sustaining way? Yeah, self-sustaining is so important. Self-sustaining. Okay, so you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Time for your call, 952-946-605. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market has the best selection of plants for your gardens, the freshest produce, meats, and farmstead goods. You'll find meat vendors, some homestead vendors, and greenhouse vendors in the early part of spring. Plus, there will be fresh produce when the weather gets warmer. The Hennepin County Government Center Market is open Tuesdays. The Nicollet Mall Market is open on Thursdays. And the 312 East Lindell Market is open daily from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find a wood fire grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire roasted meats and pizzas, all cooked over an oak burning fire and salads and sandwiches too. Join them for breakfast, lunch and dinner seven days a week. Located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with All Energy Solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to All Energy Solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion.
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where the sun is up. It's finally up after a long winter. And and how do we use unity to transform our economy and create something that's um, that helps the water be healthy, the soil be healthy, equity in our world, and just more fun and joyful? And so that's what we're talking about today on Food Freedom Radio. With us in studio is Greg Pavette, the founder of Humanity Alliance. And also um, joining us by phone right now is Pat Nelson from the Minneapolis Farmers Market. Um, the Minneapolis Farmers Market has been providing produce um, since um, um, 1876. 1876. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Pat Nelson. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So just tell us what's going on right now with the Minneapolis Farmers Market. Well, you know, with Mother's Day tomorrow, we've got a lot of people down. Yeah. We've got a lot of people down here buying all the wonderful plants. Hanging baskets to give to their moms and for planting it for themselves outside. And today, especially, we got fresh asparagus that just came in. Fresh First asparagus? asparagus season. Oh, I'm getting hungry already. You know, so how do yeah. you make your asparagus? I was, uh, I was trying to get some of the vendors to grill some. I go, that would taste great on the grill right now. <laughs> it's a little snack. <laughs> so um, so the farmer's market has been going since 1876. Um, and so the location that's open today is the Lindale Market. So where is the Lindale Market? Well, the Lindale Market, the address is 312 East Lindale Avenue North. We're actually about three blocks west of Target Field, um, basically at their one block North of where Highway, Olson Memorial Highway, and 94 meets. Right. And so that Lindell Market is open every day from 6 a.m. to 1 o'clock. So it's time to go out to the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. If you haven't got your Mother's Day gift yet, that's um, or get some fresh asparagus for dinner. And um, and then you also now have the Nicollet Mall on Thursdays from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and the Government Center Market on Tuesdays from 10 to 2. That is correct. Cool. We, uh, the government center wa- wants us back time and time again. We started that market up with uh, when the Nicola Mall was down up for under construction, and uh, it's been a hit. So, come in and come and support your local farmers and producers. In unity, That's in unity, in unity. Yes. So, you know, Pat Nelson, I thank you so much for uh, joining us and uh, I encourage people to get out to the Minneapolis Farmers Market uh, till one o'clock. What an ideal place to get a Mother's Day gift. And so thank and we you. We finally have sun. We finally have sun. <laughs> yes, we finally have sun. So it's a beautiful day. Yep. Again, thank you so much, Pat. Thank you, and happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Um, um, so I want to bring this back, though, because one of the things with the farmer's market and that Minneapolis is really good for is innovation. We have some of the strongest co-op movements um, in the Twin Cities, including our partner Seward Co-op. But all of that rise, rose from a spirit of unity, you know, uh, and so, and that's what we want to to transform the entire economic system right now. And, and do you want to like talk about this, maybe even in terms of housing, or or how do we how do we talk about because the the economic system right now isn't really functioning very well. Yeah, it's a great um, two great points. So the innovation, the amount of innovation that's come from Minnesota is amazing, and I'm learning every day. I think uh, Mark Ritchie was talking about yes. the the different elements that were first proven here in Minnesota. So I'm still a a humble student of that, but it's amazing um, what we're able to do together. So, and I think that unity, to to your point, is really, really important. So probably no surprise we're together here this morning um, sharing sharing this this idea. And um, I think the, when you talk about housing, I think that's interesting. When we talk about agriculture, I think there's interesting. And I see there are a lot of overlaps. And I don't know if it's all right if we kind of go there. Or Please do. I love patterns. Um, so I'm watching a pattern within our uh, urban setting where we're, we're, we're looking at housing and the equity around housing. And um, I've had the um, – was, it, was, it was no – no accident, but I've been made aware. I never knew redlining existed. So how do we understand these principles that have been or, or policies that have been put in place to create whatever's been created? But to your point, it's not – we know. We know that it's not working. Mm-hmm. And I think our youth, thankfully, who we like to call different names like millennials and, and, and put different names on them. But I think the youth are onto it, right? So mm-hmm. we have that. I think we have an encouraging 
group coming behind us saying, we, we know this isn't right any longer. Yeah. So. Well, before the show, we, I, I shared that uh, I know my mom and dad bought their house for $17,000. Wow. You know, and, and so, but the way that that wealth, so the way that I carried forth this privilege because my parents were able to buy a home. Right. But because of redlining and other issues, a lot of people haven't been able to find homes. Correct. And so then they're stuck in this horrid cycle of paying incredible amounts just to live. And yeah. it doesn't make, it's not a kind economy. And I think our unity would seek a kind economy. Yeah. And the kind economy means we're all participating at, at the same table. And so mm-hmm. that's, again, uh, not to uh, not to lean too heavy on Tawana, who I'm just an uh, admirer of. And, right. But, you know, that's, that's a big part of it. So how do we get everybody at the same table? How do we get the same conversation happening? And that awareness, I think, is important. Um, you're right. These are big kind of systemic when you look at them from, from a far away. But Again, it's that first step. It's just taking that first step and bringing that forward, I think, is the key to that. So let's bring this down to some specifics. So how do we start funding things? Let's let's get this – let's try That's to great, figure it out. Right? Um, we use our, our our tool right now is funding and financing. So – and I think it's tricky. I think there's a lot of um, – a lot of things we need to be aware of. And again, I've had the pleasure or gift of, of watching this happen. So um, I'm – read a book somebody recommended I read a book Decolonizing Wealth Decolonizing Wealth yeah ooh so I haven't read that Edgar book Edgar Villanueva ooh I don't even know about him if Decolonizing you, Wealth first page and, okay. and your jaw if your jaw doesn't hit the floor at the first page then it's it's an enlightening piece and it's again it's about enlightenment and it's about awareness so um, but where where is the wealth coming from how are we using it how are we going to deploy it um, as I see it and again I'm just a humble servant uh, on mm-hmm. this journey, so right. I, don't, I don't have all the answers. But as I see it, what I like is um, a situation where you can you can be provided a loan with with a reasonable business plan, but you can pay that loan back. And so, what I like in this space uh, specifically, we're on, we're, we're God willing, will be uh, a nonprofit, so tax exempt nonprofit, and we're doing it because we want to be able to demonstrate we could be a nonprofit, but a self sustaining nonprofit. So. Mm-hmm. We'd prefer to do it through a program. Um, I really like the program-related investments. They're called PRIs. Um, Jeff Oaks Venn Foundation has been kind of a steward of this, really, really actively working within our community to support that. But the idea is somebody's making a donation, and through that donation, then you're able to provide a loan to a socially aware social enterprise mm-hmm. um, for or nonprofit, I believe. And then you're paying back that loan. So as you pay back that loan, that donation stays in the community and can go on for years and years. Similar to the housing right, benefit right. that we saw, but in a different way. So, for instance, one, um, Peace Coffee is a great example of yes. this in the Twin Cities, right? Yes. So IATP was very interested in trade issues. And um, this is also Mark Ritchie. She, he, uh, so they started Peace Coffee, which really helped with the whole um, – um, transition to sustainable coffees, which had all sorts of mutual benefits. So right. it's how do we, uh, maybe the word is marry um, our economics, or how do we just live? How do we decolonize? That's what I uh, know. Correct. <laughs> how do we just find a system that, where I can get food and housing and not like have to be part of a cog of a machine? <laughs> You're listening to Food Freedom Radio, and we're talking about humili- hu- humility and alliance and unity. At Mother Earth Gardens, we've been selling heirloom and open-pollinated plants for your backyard homestead since 1994. We research our products and we handpick every pot, trellis, and gift. So if you love 50-plus varieties of tomatoes, native planting for pollinators, and a shocking variety of annuals and perennials, make the journey to one of our two locations, South Minneapolis across from the Riverview Theater and Northeast at Stinson and Lowry. Small footprint, surprising selection. MotherEarthGarden.com Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. 
get out of the cold at Burger Moe's. Burger Monday Madness happens every Monday after 4 p.m., except on Excel event evenings, where you can order any burger with fries on the menu for just $6. Burger Moe's always offers fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, desserts, two daily happy hours, and 60 beers on tap. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.co. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Tap, taste, and treasure at Vinaigrette, where we have some warm seasonal recipes all ready to create dynamite meals. Our fig balsamic vinegar pairs perfectly with roasted Brussels sprouts or baked brie. And sweet potatoes are always a winner, but never more than when they're roasted with a drizzle of vinaigrette cinnamon or orange-fused extra virgin olive oil on top. Come in today for more custom-crafted food and cocktail recipes at Vinaigrette, 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis, and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, cloudy with a high near 64. And tonight, chance of rain with a low around 46. Sunday, partly sunny with a high near 62 and a low around 44. Monday will be sunny with a high of 68 and a low around 51. Tuesday, a chance of thunderstorms with temperatures in the 70s. Shop local with one of AM950's advertisers for Mother's Day. There's everything from electronics, wellness shops, pet care, electronics, restaurants, and more. It's a great way to support not only AM950, but also local businesses and shops. Find a full list of advertisers at am950radio.com. Freedom Radio, where we uh, plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food, cheap industrial food damages water, soil, and the human body, and a person hopeful about unity. And that's our topic today. And uh, we have in studio with us Greg Favette. He's with uh, he's founded Humanity Alliance. Um, and you get more information at humanityalliance.org. So, um, you know, I, I think I want to go back to some quotes from this Mary Parker Follette who wrote the book in 1918 called The New State. Um, and so here's a quote um, in, from uh, 1918. The woman suffrage movement, the labor movement are part of this vital and ir- irresistible current. They have not come from surface springs. Their sources are deep in the life force of our age. Hmm. Still telling, still showing and I think in this day and age, the same principle applies. And it doesn't matter if you're in the city or if you're in, on the farm. I think, right. I think there's systemic challenges or opportunities that we could we could change. And again, there's small changes that make a big, big difference. And it's just that first step. It's that first step and start taking that because it, it feels so overwhelming. And we're in the age of extinct and the, the insects are dying. There's so much negativity and it almost feels like we're paralyzed and yet there's some deep springs if we can learn how to tap them living these living springs and one of the big things is to move towards living economics which is the minneapolis farmers market it's seward co-op it's am 950 and you created a a business that now saves millions of pounds of produce (laughs) in the real world and you want to find ways of innovating um, are are innovating that we create this that we can really scale up living economics. Correct, correct. And we talked about housing before before the break. I think if you talk about um, the farm, I think that's again a, an area where I'm a student, a humble student, no no, uh, just learning. But I'm looking at what's happening within the city and in housing as an example. And then I, you go to the farm and you say well, regenerative farming. How do we reward that behavior? Because the system's designed to support our current way of doing things, which we know 
won't sustain us, isn't a long-term solution. We're now aware of that, I think. We're becoming right, aware we're of it. Right, we're becoming that. We do have a call right now. Remember, we are live. And so Dom in Maple Grove has a great question. What does a yeah, kind... Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. You know, um, I was kind of intrigued when I was, I was kind of random searching my radio dial and kind of landed on your station. It's like, oh, that's an interesting term, kind economy. Could you care to elaborate on that for me in terms of how that would happen? Uh, on a small scale in maybe Minneapolis and then on a larger scale countrywide, nationwide, whatever. No, kind that's an intriguing term. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dom. Yeah. It is uh yeah. it is thank you for your call and, and uh interest. There's no no surprise you landed on, on the station this morning. So thank you for that. Um I think the kind economy is about um it's about it starts with awareness. And so by understanding um, kind of the situation uh, and the situation we're in now and, and then looking at how do we bring that forward into something we aspire for, I think, again, starts with that first step. And it does sound simple, and it, I, I would promise you it is simple, but I think that's what gets it started. And I think you start with that first step and maybe innovation and new ideas and services start it. But what happens is within the community, um, you're supporting a program that's supporting an ambassador program, which is supporting a community. Eventually what happens in a perfect storm is Laura and I, 10 years from now, have this show, but the Humanity Alliance is no longer the Humanity Alliance because the community now is running and bringing that innovation forward for what their needs are. So I think that kindness comes from, from an awareness and, and an empathy, and I think it starts there. And I think I think we know what is a kind economy, and that's I mean, there's, I, I've been quoting this Mary Parker book from 1918, but um, um, I, and, and she even uses organic a phrase like organic morality that they were talking. So I mean, I think we know what's kind. We certainly know what's not kind, right? Right. I mean, is it kind that a person can have a child and 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 then has to work 40 hours a week and can't afford um, a house and can't afford food? Is that a kind economy? Right. You know. Right. And how do we transition? Well, and I think that's changing. I think, uh, you know, it, uh, sometimes it, maybe it has to be painful. I don't know. For me, that change had to be painful to get to kind of shake yourself up or be shaken up. So I think everything happening around us has an element of this pain or to your you know, point where you're frozen. It's so, such a big topic that you just kind of freeze. Um, but I think, again, that first step is really, really important. And I think it grows from there, Dom, and, and, hope, and you're a part of that, right? You can, kinda... I, can, I make a, can I make a comment on that? Please. Okay, so here's my thing. And I guess, you know, you, you, I, I understand your concept of people have to bear the pain. But we're talking about, you know, in controlling, not controlling, that's not a good word, but maybe influencing the human mind. Most of us as human beings are, I, for lack of a better word, are greedy. Greedy in the terms that you know, when I left to myself, I probably produce the best product that there is, and the the community around me will benefit from my greed. It's not I'm I'm not using greed as a bad way, but that's how we're driven as human beings. So I'm just trying to figure out how we would influence a kind of economy without the forceful hand of the government or whatever. That's what I'm trying to see. I can see that in a small community coming together, but how do you expand well, and that? I'm going I'm to, believe it or not, I'm going to go back to Mary Parker Follett. And so um, Harvard calls her one of the best business thinkers of the century, even though she was not allowed into Harvard because she was a woman. And she writes about democracy and unity. And, and she says, here's a sentence from it. Much of the evil of our political and social life comes from the fact that we crave personal recognition and personal satisfaction. As soon as our greatest satisfaction is group satisfaction, many of our present problems will disappear. And so I think this having a group and being part of a beloved community is is part of that deep well. Yeah, and I think we saw that. Dom, it was interesting. We'll have to, maybe we can find a way to get your email or, or, or some way to contact you. But that social enterprise that we started with, um, being there the other night, th the room was just the energy from that room. And these are people doing amazing, and let, amazing let, Let's name things. some of them. Um, Better Futures, which is a partner here. It's worked with people who experience the prison system and how to help, to help build up because we're all together. And this is the other thing that Mary Parker talks about. People, we are a community. We're like keys on the piano. It's how we interact. It's not like there's loser people and winner people. All of this 
transactional way that we're dealing with each other is sad, and it has consequences. It, and it, I think it's not – well, we know it's not working. But, Dom, I think to your point, it does – you do have to make a commitment to that, right? So you have to be aware and make that commitment that, yes, I can do – I can extract wealth in a certain way. And we've been trained to extract. I was trained extremely well to extract wealth in, in a certain way. But we could then use those same principles to, to – make that inclusive wealth so we can all rise up. And I think the all rise up is, has a lot more to do with us in, as individuals as we look to our neighbors side by side and, and realize nobody's getting ahead, nobody's getting no forward. Getting so a Venn Foundation has a phrase called, we're charity and investing meet. So talk about that. What does this mean? That, um, again, from Jeff, Jeff and, and the team at Venn, um, but it is about providing that opportunity and it's an opportunity where you have to pay that back. So it's not a grant. It's not a, it's no other form. It's a loan, below market rate loan, which is wonderful, very helpful, paid over a period of time. So it's encouraging and nurturing um, innovation that may not be nurtured by another way of, of raising capital. So it almost functions like systematic crowdfunding. I... I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Well, think but, about yeah, that. But yeah. it's almost like trying to do some system. So, um, and, and so from 1998 to 2016, 39 Minnesota private foundations invested over $164 million in 554 what's called PRIs. So what's PRIs? So the program-related program investment um, is focused on a specific program. Um, you as a donor would donate into a PRI, and Venn has one. There are, there are others um, around, around the world. And th what's beautiful about that is that's a donation that you can make, but that donation doesn't stop with one program for one year. It has the ability to continue. So as those programs are successful, or in this situation, Humanity Alliance is successful, we're paying that loan back, and that continues to go within the community. So to Tom's point, Here's an idea where you can showcase your, your uh, abilities, if you will, and be successful, but you're paying that back. And by paying that back, then you're giving somebody else another chance, kind of within that social enterprise piece, to, to rise up and grow as well. And it's, that's the part I think that's encouraging. It's different um, than a bank loan. It's different than a, a, a donation or a grant. Um, and, the, and it makes kind of forces the entity to be self-sustaining, which I think is really, really important. If you're self-sustaining, then I think you're relevant to the community. If you're not self-sustaining, then you should find something else to do, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and um, I mean, I do. I mean, there's also um, a role for um, for organizations that do things that don't make money, uh, like research, and you know, so th there is that um, other um, you know social role, but. Um, the idea of earned income, and of course, uh, like the Girl Scouts, we've talked about that. The Girl Love Scouts are, 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 they sell Girl Scout cookies, Thank so you. that's an earned income. Right. Leave it to our children, right, to show us <laughs> the, the, the way. Like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, that's that's a good example. So I want to get now into some of the complex complexity of what you're actually suggesting. Good. So let's... We would, um, based on, the first thing we would do is listen. So we want to hear what the community needs, not, we don't have, we kind of, we go in with the humility of we don't know much about the community, and I think that's better. Mm -hmm. um, but we want to listen. Typically, there are somewhere between four to six new innovations that are sitting right in the market right now, right in our backyard, most of them in our backyard here in Minneapolis-St. Paul. And so how do we bring those forward into the community to test? I think something relatively quick is good. doesn't mean speed always is the right one. Some programs will take longer. But in this situation, we would say for a 90-day pilot, Let's test this within the community and actually look at the social, the environmental, and the financial benefit. Can this be self-sustaining? Is this of value to, in this situation to the community, to the community-based organization? So, And we love to guarantee it. So the, the point is, let us prove it to you, right? We've had plenty of people come before us to, talk, to, to tell us, but let us show you. And I think what will happen, Laura, is we're actually probably going to learn more from the community than we thought, right? That's kind of mm -hmm. how that works. Uh, in that environment. So it's a 90-day or a pilot period, some type of pilot period. We're able to bring innovation forward to see if that helps. So can you give us an example? So I think we could use um, It's Fresh in the Food Banks as an example to start mm -hmm. with. Um, so there's an amount of waste that's coming through our food system into the food banks. 
Um, let's say in the case of Second Harvest, uh, they do 100 million pounds of fresh food, assume half of that is produce. Um, if you look at 10% of that wasted a year, and, and again, these are plus or minus estimates, but it, it becomes a staggering number of, of food that was meant to be put into people's hands that were, would be served by that, and it's instead going into the garbage. So could we bring a technology forward and pilot within that environment to see can we slow that down? So as opposed to losing 10%, we're losing five, as an okay. example. Okay. And so and uh, I'm going to mention again, in case someone's just joined the show late, is that um, you and the for-profit um, created a business called It's Fresh that's now saving millions of pounds of produce um, in, the, uh, in the world every year, and that's being used by Walmart. So now you want to find other ways of using that technology that will um, – save food and and help clean water and vibrant soil and equity and just kind of chilling out and kind of enjoying life a little bit better. (laughs) It's time. Let's just say it's time. It's time. Uh, Listening to Food Freedom Radio. The Minneapolis Farmer's Market has the best selection of plants for your gardens, the freshest produce, meats, and farmstead goods. You'll find meat vendors, some homestead vendors, and greenhouse vendors in the early part of spring. Plus, there will be fresh produce when the weather gets warmer. The Hennepin County Government Center Market is open Tuesdays. The Nicollet Mall Market is open on Thursdays. And the 312 East Lindell Market is open daily from 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. More details at mplsfarmersmarket.com. At Total Dog Company, you have the opportunity to shop local. We stock dog foods made in Minnesota and Wisconsin, such as American Natural Premium. Like all the foods we sell at Total Dog Company, American Natural Premium contains no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives, and no ingredients from China. It is premium nutrition without a premium price. Find Total Dog Company in New Hope right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at TotalDogCompany.com. I'm Connie Bjork, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. Join us next week as we explore limitedness versus limitlessness. How might your life change if you let yourself explore being more limitless? Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Looking to experience the Northwoods and Boundary Waters? Big Bear Lodge is the perfect choice. May and June are a perfect time to spot some moose as well as have great fishing. Mention AM950 during May and you'll receive 10% off when you book the Dakota Cabin. A cozy cabin perfect for couples or a single person looking to unplug and unwind. Find out more about this great getaway and see their authentic modern woodsy cabins at BigBearLodgeMN.com. That's BigBearLodgeMN.com. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap industrial food damages water, soil, and the human body, and a person hopeful about unity. And that's been our topic today. Uh, with us in studio is Greg Pavette. He's with HumanityAlliance.org, HumanityAlliance.org. So let's get into these, um, this expression, earn income opportunities, and, and let's try to make this really visible. That's great. Thank you, Laura. And again, these are ideas. So again, we'll be based on uh, and follow the, the guidelines of what the community needs, but these are ideas. So we talked a little bit about food, food banks and helping support serving more with more within the food banks, and I think that's an easy one. How about, though, if we took the waste 
and we took the waste from the food banks and we turned that into compost or a biogas. Uh, John Madol has been working in this space for years. And John has, has kind of said, hey, I've been waiting for this to happen. So imagine you took that waste and converted it into something valuable. The compost, which I could use in my community-based garden to grow food for people in need. Or better yet, I think the biogas where I could reduce some of my inputs and, and get that cycle, close that loop in that cycle. So anaerobic digestion would be an interesting one to say, how do we create more value out of something that is not no longer viewed as valuable, which is really interesting. Um, the smart garden. Smart garden. Yeah. So we have all of this beautiful growing going around. I think the, the uh, Minneapolis farmer's market is, an, is a great example. We have all this great growing going on. How do we start to break it down into something really elegant? So I want to understand the health of the soil first. Once I understand the health of the soil, I want to think about how do I run my garden so I, my regulatory requirements and my end consumer is I'm, I'm being aware of practices that I need to be taking to, to take care of the end consumer. Right. And so I've been doing a community garden for about 10 years now. So I could see where when you talk about smart gardening, it's like, how do, we, how do we look at all these community gardens in a systematic way? How do we help them produce more food, which is your slogan, right? More. Correct. Serve more with more, please. Serve more with more. Yeah. So how do, how, do we, how do we take this and serve more with more? Yes, yes. And, it's, and again, it does fall into our conversation with Dom a little bit on awareness. So if we start to map out all the gardens in the Twin Cities, I think we have a great opportunity, Laura, to start feeding ourselves as opposed to waiting for that fruit or vegetables to come from Yuma, Arizona or ca somewhere in California. Not that they're not doing great things or trying to do great things, but we could be doing a lot of this, I think, locally. We were with um, a group that's focused uh, Minnesota Adult Teen Challenge we were with. Amazing program, faith-based program around um, providing rehabilitation services. And they said our number one problem is food, like quality mm -hmm. food. How do we provide that quality food? Well, and I know I was, I was with someone, and it's a, a hard situation. But mm -hmm. their only f information about food is TV advertisements for McDonald's and what's available at the gas station. And our health is going down, and our farm bill all supports that system. Mm -hmm. And that system is a driver of climate change. And the biosphere and the insecticide world. So how do we do something so, better? Yeah, let's right? Take, right, right. And, and again, find ways of making money from something better. Why not? Yeah. Why not? So that, that's a great example where a mile away from that conversation, you have Pillsbury United communities growing in a garden. And I said, well, well, can't we just connect these two together? Can't you just be – and you have a food budget. They have a uh -huh. real food budget. So could we offset that as an example? Um, running kind of that, that regenerative farming, I think, is fascinating. The regenerative farming movement, we've done a lot on that and how we build that and scale that up really fast, so really I, quickly. That's I was so fun. Recently, Freshwater had a, had a great event, and I was at – and I just took, took it in. And the, farm, the, the husband and wife that were there were doing regenerative farming. At the end, somebody said, what can we do? And, and by the way, I think every – like today, we'll say, what can we do different, exactly. right? Exactly. What can we do to help? And somebody said, well, we're going to kind of wait for policy. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so that was the trigger to say, could we be rewarding our farmers that are working in this regenerative yeah. farming practice and do it around, again, maybe it's the loans, maybe it's the insurance, maybe there are other ways that we can move that forward. So, again, that's about disrupting in a system – that is overdue for disruption. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw out another Mary Parker Follett quote here. We do not love the beloved community because it is lovable. The same process which makes us lovable produces our love for it. And so food is is almost living. And so when I'm shopping at Seward Co-op, I'm at the Minneapolis Farmer's Market, at my community garden. It's a living, economic, thriving thing. And um, how do we... How do we scale up that living economics so that we can solve our mutual problems of climate change and the Armageddon of insecticide mm. of insects and et cetera, et cetera, and the health crises and inequity and the fact that uh, drugs for anxiety and depression are the most prescribed for our teens? You know, wow. that's all inter intersected, so right? So there's a good one. Uh, there's a uh, indoor garden, which isn't a new concept. Um, mm -hmm. But again, this is like like John Metal, uh, Jim Wilson working on uh, over in Massachusetts on this for for over a decade. 
Um, Jim wants to be growing botanicals that could that could be health related as opposed to. I think lettuce is great to grow. Mm-hmm. No, there's nothing wrong with that. But could we be growing botanicals to support right. those types of offset t- some of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that and, is, again, a financial, social, environmental. And then botanicals where people can make their own money. I mean, Thank I you. was amazed. Someone gave me some, like, catnip tea mixed with hops with something else. And yeah. it just calmed me down. And it works so much better than, like, melatonin. You Correct. know, having a nice little sleepy time tea, but that we can be growing in our communities. And so then how can we share these ideas and scale them up? And so I still, I mean, we've got so much we want to talk about. The other earned income opportunity is temperature control pods, which I know is huge. So we're growing in these great gardens. The infrastructure, anything around quality and produce is going to be around time and temperature. Those are your two drivers to help. If we have this garden and we have this infrastructure going, how do we keep that fresher for longer? How do we keep that freshness longer? So that if you and I have the ability to go and donate our time on Monday to the garden, but the community doesn't need it for a meal until Thursday, how do we keep that to it? So it was just picked yesterday. And I think we could be looking at some kind of temperature-controlled pods. And again, these aren't new. No, they're not right? new. New but ideas. What, but is, what is a little new or distinctive about your approach is you want to go fast. You want to test something out 90 days and then just test it and find out what can be self-sustaining. Correct, correct. So the the ability to move through multiple ideas quickly, I think, is really, really important. The other piece that I like a lot, again, from another local person, Joel Hodroff came up with this dual currency concept. Could we use then within these pilots, Laura, imagine you're piloting, but based on certain activities, so an activity-based incentive, imagine if you were able to reward that community member for an activity. So I walk up to my community-based garden and I wash my hands. I get, I'm getting credit for that. Yeah. And could we use those incentives to offset some of where the pain is, right? It's gonna be around food, transportation, daycare, housing. Can we use that innovation in that way to, to How drive How to offset forward? the pain. And I remember uh, hearing a presentation from Joel decades ago where he said, where's the lack? Is it that the sun's not shining enough? I mean, is that why we have a food problem? Is, is the sun doesn't provide enough energy? Where's the right. lack? So there, I appreciate your conversation so much. It's beautiful. Love to have you con- talk some more. HumanityAlliance.org, Greg Favette. And also today, there are two events I'm going to after this show that people can come and join. One is at the uh, Minneapolis Baja Center from 10 to noon today, um, Saturday, May 11th. Um, it's on 3644 Chicago. It's called Polarization in Today's World. What can we do? It's all about this unity. And then also Teeth Health. Um, they're an innovative company. If you know a dog that has bad dog breath, there is a way to take care of your dog. Uh, bad dog breath. Help is dental health. And to learn about that today, it's 12 to 3. Um, I will also be there. Um, so we'll, we'll help the dogs have not have bad breath anymore and we'll stop climate change. And 